passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. I don't understand how you can, in the same breath, be excited about this Nationals team and what they've done this year and think that both Davey and Rizzo should be gone because of how bad they are. Like, they've overexceeded expectations. I understand if you're not fans of them. And like you said, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a huge fan of what they're doing and you didn't want them, we understand that. Like, we can see the other side and we're very clearly understanding of the other side. But from our perspective here, Grant, it just it, it doesn't make a lot of sense at this point to move on from Davey. You continue with what has been working really over the last, you know, this last year it, as they continue to grow and see if it works. Like you said, your analogy was kind of, you know, working on a room or it'd be like if you had some people that were working on a painting and you judged it halfway through. Like, let's see it out. If it sucks at the end, then obviously Rizzo and Martinez are going to be gone. But well, and guess what? The painting looks really good. Like that's yeah. important too. I w- the one thing I'll correct that you said, and I'm just speaking for myself, you have your own take. For me, I don't really see or agree with people that don't understand that Mike Rizzo is an outstanding executive, like full stop period. I-, I think he's one of the best GMs in baseball. I think he's an exceptional talent evaluator. And I think his trade history is all time. Like it is unbelievably impressive what they've done in trades. That does not mean that they did a great job in the draft over several years. Is he maybe too loyal to a bunch of, you know, the, the guys that put together the draft board? I don't know. Uh, their minor league system was not good enough for a long time. Some of that's a little misleading because they flip guys like Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez and go get Adam Eaton to win a World Series. But just by and large, generally speaking, since the Anthony Rondon draft and really from about 12 on, the success at churning out pitching and hitting has not been nearly good enough. But you, you can't just acknowledge that and pretend like the other stuff that they did wasn't impressive. Like, okay, they don't get credit for Strasburg because it's 1-1 if you want to take away that credit. They don't get credit for Harper because it's 1-1. Okay, fine. There was a vision. They had a plan. They were bad on purpose. Like they could have not gotten those picks and they did, but I digress. They take Rendon at six, right? I mean, they had a run where do, do you people remember that when Mike Rizzo signed Max Scherzer to the, the contract he got that he got destroyed for it 
because of Scherzer's age, and it was a seven-year deal, and it was, at the time, I think the most money a starting pitcher had been given. And because Scherzer had just turned 30, everyone thought it was insane. Like, they hit over and over yeah. and over again. The, the $175 million they gave to Strauss. Now, they, they paid for it on 7 and 245 on the back end which I, I think more was a learner and Boris thing, maybe even than Rizzo, but uh, I could be wrong about that. But on, when they gave Strauss the seven and the 175 on the second of the three contracts, he won the World Series on that contract, World Series MVP. A lot of people thought that was silly to do well, after all the arm problems. Like, I, I could go through over and over and over, but you go Joe Ross and Trey Turner mm -hmm. for Steven Souza, Wilson Ramos for Matt Capps, uh, the Doug Fister deal for like Steve Lombardozzi. Uh, Denard Spann for Alex Meyer. Uh, this Soto deal, which people hated, I loved, is a godsend to this organization and in, in helping this rebuild, you know, get back on track in a quick manner and was a necessity. Uh, I, I still think the, you know, people, and I just disagree with them, uh, still think that the Scherzer-Turner deal with Turner having a year and a half, maybe they could have done something else. Look at Ruiz hitting the ball right now and Gray had an all-star year. I, I, I just... The results are there. I mean, you, you can scream as loud as you want to about the draft and player development. They won a World Series in 19. They were one of the best teams in baseball for going on a decade. They had a chance every year in the playoffs. It didn't quite work out. Only one team gets to win. And it's happening again. Like, like they have gone from a terrible minor league system to one of the top 10 like this. So I, yeah. I just I don't know how someone can not look at the way he's gone about it and say, I think he's the second or third longest tenured executive in baseball, but like that guy's done a hell of a job. I, I think it's just, uh, it's hard for me to, to, to see it the other way. Yeah. I mean, I understand that to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. I think the reason that it's difficult with the farm system and with the draft process is that's maybe why you couldn't sustain the run a little bit longer because you didn't have guys coming up eventually to take some spots when you couldn't pay guys. And then you didn't have the opportunity to replenish with trading a couple of prospects. I mean, the Padres trade all their guys to the nationals and now they have a guy in the top five again, those sort of things the nationals didn't have happen. So I think that's the other side of it, Grant. But again, I would side more with you. Like even if you want to go back and say the Patrick Corbin deal is bad. Okay. But if he wouldn't have spent the money to go there and he would have ended up with the Yankees. Do they win the World Series in 2019? Are we having these discussions? So even some of the things that maybe blow up in your face a little bit, like you brought up the Strasburg contract, 2019 justifies a lot of these things. And so I think if you can give him another chance at this, you know, building up the farm system, and now we're talking about over the last couple of pods, we're talking about outfielders galore in this system. The beauty of this, you have a couple of the, these guys pan out. They're under contract for a couple of years. You find someone that another team finds attractive. Now you're bringing in a, maybe a starting pitcher or a reliever and you can package guys and do what Rizzo did so well to build this team up. And, you know, he built winner after winner. They just didn't get across the finish line 19. They finally did. So I agree with you. I can understand the other side just a little bit, but I completely agree with you. When you look at Rizzo, I'm going to stand in his corner way more than I would for Davey Martinez. But, you know, when we get this deal done with, with Mike Rizzo, I'm going to be excited about that more than Davey. Yeah. So it's, uh, again, I, I want to make clear that th I'm not running from the draft history or the, the system getting as bad as it was like that was categorically brutal. No doubt about it. Um, I have less issue with the system part as weird as that is, as a guy who hosts a prospects baseball show, than I do the <laughs> draft history. 
because the system you're trading when you're contending all the time, you are going to be trading guys to add talent. And they did that. Like, you know, they traded, um, I can't think of the lefties name who's with the Marlins now to the A's for Luzardo, uh, Jesus Luzardo. Like there were so many guys like that, that have been in the big leagues. Not all of them have panned out, but that they, they went and they got Doolittle and Madsen. Like they have made those types of deals. I think we look at the Braves and the, the Dodgers who are just better than everyone else, mostly at constantly stacking their system while contending and saying that that's what they should have done. And yes, that, that is what you strive to do. Absolutely. It can be done. They didn't do it well enough. I, I I have much bigger issue with the draft because you're picking in every round every year. Uh, it's a similar amount of money being spent, you know, for each team. There's really no excuse to go a whole draft without landing something, let alone two or three or four or five or seven or whatever. So that part kills me. And if two years ago in 2021, let's say, with the system looking like it was, and after the 19 World Series, the 2020 collapse, and then in 2021, after the way things were trending, like if at that point the decision was made to move on from Mike Rizzo, even though I would have said he's going to go somewhere else, he's going to build a winner, he's going to make great trades, and they're going to be happy that he has them. It's not the most ridiculous thing in the world, but he was given a chance to do it again, a thing that we know he can do and that he did really well before, and it is happening in front of our eyes. So this, again, is a no-brainer to let him continue this process. He made a Soto deal that a lot of executives would not have made. A lot of executives would not have done that. That is one of those, your ass is on the line. This gets talked about. This is your legacy for the rest of your time. Trades, right? A lot of people listening didn't want that done. That was an outstanding and necessary trade. Like, that is a a legacy-defining kind of move that they made. Now, we'll see what James Wood becomes. I happen to believe he's going to be a major league star. Even if he isn't, though, Abrams and Gore, for what the Padres have gotten out of Soto, is a comparable enough package. Then you throw in Wood. They're going to eventually get big league production out of Hassel, whether he makes the impact we thought when they got him or not. I'm not sure he has regressed some overall as a prospect. I think Harleen Susana eventually becomes a wipeout reliever uh, who was also a member of that deal. But, you know, any one of these things by themselves that they've done to reboot this whole thing has just been really, really sharp. So I, I, I don't I think it's a good conversation. Like, I, I do. I, I just with Rizzo, I, I, I see. Uh, you know what? I, I'll say it this way in um, when we're talking football all the time on my normal show on D.C. Grant and Danny on 106.7 The Fan, there are a lot of times where I critique or bash or or um, take issue with something Ron Rivera did, right? And the perception is that I don't like Ron Rivera, which is not true. Like, I, I think he's a good dude, and I really do like him, and I root for him. I don't see football the same way as him, right? I, I, I'm not telling you I'm smarter than him. That guy knows more about football. He played for the freaking 85 Bears. He's got more football knowledge in the cuticle of one of his fingers than, than I have. I'm readily admitting this. But the way I see the game and, and learned the game and covering McVeigh and Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel and Matt LaFleur and all these guys and the way he does it, they're just two different things. So I have a hard time sometimes with like the way that he does it. I happen to, I, I'm not saying I, I have the knowledge of Mike Rizzo, but like I see baseball kind of through a lens, I think like he does in a way 
or I've come up maybe in my formative years with him having been here for over a decade now, kind of seeing it the way he sees it. And so I tend to agree with a lot of the things that he does, if that makes sense. I'm just trying to explain why uh, I am more of like a Rizzo guy maybe than a lot of people, but I would just point to the results. Like if I was saying all this and and they weren't outstanding for several years, and I think that the job of a GM is to build a 90-plus win team and hand it to a manager. And then it's yeah. the job of the players and the manager to go win the damn thing. And every year for several years, he handed a 90 to 95 win team over sometimes to bad managers, which you could blame him for Matt Williams, sometimes to managers who were in over their heads, who were had great track records like Dusty, who, who I loved 21 hours a day. And sometimes to <laughs> not particularly great managers who uh, had great relationships in the clubhouse like Davey Martinez. But I don't know. Some of that is money. How much are you spending? Can you go get the right manager? Uh, you know, a lot of it is also financials and, and I could be wrong about this too, Toby. Uh, I'll tag you back in here. I always like, maybe this is super flawed. I also kind of grade on a curve all the time. Cause I think he does a lot of this with his hands tied behind his back and we should get into the ownership part of this too. But my perception is that he's pushing a boulder up a hill from an ownership standpoint, little things over the years that, that have happened. Make me think that. Remember when he wanted or, or they wanted Bud Black and they offered him like this embarrassing one-year deal? Remember that at all? And it was I like a super – so they like low-balled Bud Black when he was like a revered manager. And you just realize at that time like, oh, my God, like this is this is worse than I think. Yeah. You know, and it's like if if my perception is wrong and he has everything he wants from ownership and they're giving him all the money, then I, I'm giving him a, a pass. I look at the system and I go, well, they're not spending on the stuff they need to spend on. If Rizzo and his people aren't submitting a report to ownership saying, I need this, 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 and they just don't want that technology, they just don't want that information, then I will gladly well, say, okay, th th these guys don't get it. But my guess is they probably do submit that that in, that, that want, and they just don't get it funded. That's, that's again, I don't have information on this. I'm, I'm speculating. But it is another way as I try to explain my paradigm for people when they go, you know, why are you such a believer in, in Rizzo? Those are some of the reasons. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled two and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, and real quick before we get back into some of the ownership stuff, one of the things with Rizzo, too, is, you know, he easily could have looked at some of the guys that were still on the baseball team and been like, maybe we can get one last run at it. You know, you look at Scherzer, you look at Turner, you look at Soto, and you could have been stuck in an Angels situation. So, you know, some of that's ownership with the Angels. I understand that. But you also have to give them some credit and seeing, 
this ain't going to work and moving on. And then think about the guys that you get excited about right now, every single night. And how many of those come from two trades, you know, the, the Scherzer and Turner deal. And then the Soto deal, those are the guys you get excited about. And so those are things that Rizzo made the decision that it's not going to work. We're going to have to start over. And he gets a lot of credit for that. And, you know, you mentioned some of the stuff with ownership and whether his hands were tied. I think this comes back to it, Grant, how much of that hampers the minor league stuff, how much of that hampers the draft process, because as much as you want to talk about the ownership not spending in free agency and saying, hey, this is the number you have to spend. And, you know, that basically ties his hands and he can't go shopping anywhere but the bargain bin. I think when you look at it in the minor leagues, that can hold you back because you can't develop guys. So is that held back some of the guys they drafted or does it hurt the scouting process because they can't look at the guys that they want to look at or they can't get all the details or they can't develop the guys exactly how you want. So maybe that plays into it. Again, we're speculating here, but I don't think it's too far-fetched to think that they were tied back a little bit. But I thought it was interesting, Grant, that Jesse Doherty wrote a piece today with uh, Chelsea Janes in the Washington Post talking about this move. And he's kind of the only one I've seen uh, speculating this, but I've seen other reports. Curious to get your thoughts on this. He talked about these two contracts more so being an idea of stability for the franchise in case there's a sale. And I could totally understand that. I also think they have earned these on merits, which we've talked about for the last 30 minutes on this podcast. So, you know, I don't think we need to get more into that. But I think it's interesting if that's the case. Is there maybe a legit chance of a sale on the horizon? Like, is that something that they make this move knowing that they can keep Rizzo and Martinez around and let the new owners make a choice if it is Ted Leonsis or someone else? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so I... Let me start by saying I have no idea. I mean, obviously, right? But yeah, it's really interesting, actually. Um, so I actually, yeah, first, I think it's very possible, and I agree with the idea that having two guys under contract for two years rather than having to come in here and go pay a GM and a manager during a rebuild, like if you weren't in the middle of a rebuild and you could just pick a GM and a manager, that might be more enticing for an owner because you quote-unquote get your guys. But like I don't know that now is the time that you're going to go get your A-listers anyway, so to speak. So I kind of get that point that Jesse's making. Also, and I could be wrong about this, but while we're throwing things out there that we think and speculating like I was doing, I don't. I have not heard another name in a long time other than Ted Leonsis. Like I expect that Ted Leonsis is going to buy the team when and if the TV stuff gets cleared up. That's kind of where I'm at on this. I guess it's possible when they get to the offseason that they could open this thing back up pretty wide, that someone else could swoop in, you know, a la, um, you know, Steve Apostolopoulos or Tillman Fertitta <laughs> or whatever. But it, it seems to me like, at least right. at the yeah. end of the road, last off, or like this past offseason, it was Leonsis or Bust. Well, Leonsis is a extremely loyal um preacher of continuity uh like it would make sense to me if if you're ted that you would go oh they're in the middle of a rebuild and this guy who won the championship is is doing the rebuild and it's going well like i think he's exactly the kind of guy that would dig that he had uh george mcphee for years as his gm with the caps then when he finally moved on from mcphee he went to his assistant mcclellan it's kind of in-house the entire time look at the wizards Ernie Grunfeld lasted forever and ever and ever. And then he finally went in a different direction and it was his assistant. 
uh, Tommy Shepard. And they just now, with no real choice because there was just a mutiny among the fan base, basically, they finally went to uh, outside people uh, after how many years has he owned the Wizards now? Over a decade. So I don't know. I say all that to say, if I'm guessing, like it, it wouldn't hurt Ted Leonsis, I'm sure. He would look at that and go, oh, I like this. I got these guys for a couple of years to see this thing through, and and then we can evaluate them based on how the build goes. And if Ted feels that way, maybe other potential owners would. Yeah, and I think so. I mean, he's very loyal to his general managers, probably to a fault, but it wouldn't be a problem if he comes in with a guy like Mike Rizzo that's a World Series winning manager, a guy that's built competitive teams. So it's something that he'd probably stick it out with him. So I wouldn't have any issue with that. It's going to be interesting to see, though, you know, what happens with the ownership and what comes down the pike really this offseason, the next couple of years, because, you know, if this Masson thing can get figured out who knows how long that's going to continue on you also have the new money coming in with what is it the Qatari fund or whatever that's joining in with monumental maybe that's something that is a play to buy the nationals but you know I, I think when you just tie it all back into these guys like having an idea like you said in a rebuild where you know you're not going to have to try to figure out well, who the heck should I get as manager or who the heck should I have come in and be the GM when you already know that Mike Rizzo has his vision. He already sees what the plan is and you can kind of let him see that out and then figure out whether you want him to be the guy long term or not. I think that that that's really smart. So we'll see what happens with all the ownership stuff, but I do tend to agree that it can help with some of the stability, but I don't necessarily think that's the only reason it's done. I think that when you look at what's happened this season, I think both of these guys have earned the contract they've gotten.